We have a special announcement to start the episode as we have agreed to our first partnership in the history of the Next One podcast with Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports platform that provides a casual sports fan an opportunity to compete and succeed at a high level in daily fantasy competition. Join an MLB, NBA, NFL, PGA, or esports daily contest. Pick among the top tier athletes from each sport, score some points, and win some money. Use promo code NEXT1POD when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 more. We signed up today and got our bonuses right away. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Hello, guys, and welcome to the 45th edition of the Next One Podcast. I'm Ryan Conlon with Brendan Smith and Zach Mahano. This is our Pedro Martinez episode, and boy, do the Red Sox need Pedro because they are the worst team in baseball. But, guys, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, I think I decided to become a, a hockey fan at the right time. Bruins yes, are looking yes. good. Uh, I think I've decided that I will never become a baseball fan, so that's pretty. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that decision. Uh, Patriots are back watching, watching some, um, some camp action. Uh, I hate how much I see Tom Brady on my newsfeed. I mean, I don't hate Tom Brady as a person, but I do hate watching him throwing touchdown passes to Gronk, not in a Patriots uniform. So, um, besides that feeling good, ready to go. Yeah. Also the, uh, the videos of him throwing bombs to Mike Evans haven't been, uh, too keen on the hearts this week, but the Bruins and Celtics definitely have been. It's nice to have what feels like the closest thing to true real sports again with the playoffs. Uh, yesterday was a night full of excitement. It was great to watch and happy that both teams got the dub while the uh, Red Sox finished out another series where they were swept by um, the biggest rivalry in the history of sports. So good for John Henry. Glad he's doing well right now. Yeah, that rivalry is non-existent anymore, Red Sox cannot even compare to the Yankees because the Yankees are the best team in baseball. But we don't need to talk about baseball right now. We will talk about the Celtics first off. They had a great victory against the 76ers, 109-101. We had some great contributions from Jason Tatum, 32 points, 13 rebounds. He is, I think, the second uh, person to be under 21 to have 30 and 13. I think the only other person was uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, if I see that correctly. So that's correct. Is very cool. Very cool for Jason Tatum. Uh, Jalen Brown with a casual 29 points to uh, assist Jason Tatum. Hayward, unfortunately, got injured with the ankle. We'll talk about in a moment. But Kemba also added a a solid 19 points to the win. But I just want to get you guys' initial thoughts on the game and the victory for the Celtics. Uh, in that first half, I believe Tatum had 20, either 21 or 24 points. Uh, 21. 21 points. He, was, he legitimately could not miss in that first half. He was creating his own shot, um, taking, taking deep threes, driving the lane, uh, a couple calls that should have been uh, – he should have went to the free throw line a little bit more, but uh, these bubble refs are just – they're just different. Uh, but it's pretty crazy that you said – you know, Jalen Brown adding, you know, just like a, like a sidekick, 29 points. Because, like, 29 points is still more points than anybody on the on, on Philly's team. And, you know, it just goes to show that we need Tatum and Jalen Brown producing at this high, at this high of a level. 
um, if we want to make it deep into the playoffs. Happy that both the Jays were on a, a hot start, exactly how we needed them to start off if they want to make <clears throat> any significant run in the playoffs this year. Um, Joel Embiid was basically Kevin Durant in the first, like, 10 minutes. Um, that <laughs> fadeaway three he hit, I I couldn't breathe for, like, 10 seconds after he <laughs> hit that. I was so shocked. Um, definitely not exactly how I expected the game to go. Didn't think it would be that close, and I thought they'd be screwed once Embiid was off the off the floor. But give the Sixers credit. They did play pretty well. Um, I mean, the Celtics are going to do anything that they can offensively to stop Embiid, but Tice had a rough night. Cantor actually did better than maybe would have expected him to. Um, they were doing some late double teams on him, but we'll see what happens with Embiid next game. If, if uh, I felt like I, – I thought he got gassed at the end of the, of the game in the fourth quarter. He really had nothing left in the tank, so we'll see if they manage him any differently going into game two. Um, average Al was lights out, obviously. Uh, no, I loved how after he had that big scream uh, on that rebound, I think it was in, in the third quarter, didn't score yep. a single point, didn't <laughs> score a single point after that, did nothing. So, <laughs> Tobias Harris, I mean, they, they have bodies, but um, I know people after this game have been saying, oh, it's not over, they're going to come back strong. And, and the Hayward injury blows, um, not only for this series, but for the entire playoffs. Um, but I, I still think the Celtics were a much better team, and I still expect them to win in – at, at most five games. Yeah, I'm open five games and a few takeaways from this game. One is how the hell's Brett Brown still the coach of the Sixers. The team has been the same for the last four years. No sign of improvement whatsoever. If anything, they've unimproved. I don't get how Brett Brown has a job still. And the one thing I'm hoping is with Gordon Hayward, maybe his baby will be born while he's rehabbing. So we can kill two birds, one stone and he won't be here for the birth because he said he's going to leave the bubble for the birth of his child. So maybe the two will coincide. I don't know if the baby's due in September or October. I think it was September. So maybe. I think it's September too. So maybe both up at the same time. So we were going to have Gordon Hayward anyways for probably a week. So, you know, it'll be a good chance for the Celtics to learn how to play without Gordon Hayward, even though he is and has been a huge contributor to the Celtics, like straight up threes. He's been able to get to the basket. When he's aggressive, he can get to the basket at will pretty much because Celtics have so many other weapons teams have to worry about. So it will be a loss, but at the same time, it is huge for Kemba, Marcus Smart, and guys like Ennis Kander to step up. And our boy Robert Williams, we need him to get more minutes. Robert Williams is a good defender and definitely defends. He's probably the best defender for Joel Embiid, even though I don't think Celtics have anyone in specific that can stop him. But he's the one that can slow him down the most, I'd say. Right. What do you mean? But we have Taco Fall on the bench. We got a seven-six guy on the bench. Like, but Taco can't move seven-six and half half his weight. (laughs) (laughs) And B could only use his left hand, and he'd be he'd still put up twenty on him. But the the Hayward the Hayward injury obviously sucks because he seems like he's been playing his best basketball and closest to his true form before the uh, big injury back in 2017. But when you have Kemba, uh, Hayward, Jalen, and Tatum on the floor, that's four pure scores right there. So you take one of them away. Now they put either probably either Smart or um, Time Lord on the floor. So whoever's covering them can help with double teams when Tatum has the ball. And I think 
that's where we like that's where people should be looking for game two how they're going to defend Tatum now that they have I think it'll be Robert Williams uh I, I think they should keep Marcus Smart off the bench and and assist with running the second team because they like to have, <clears throat> you know, two, three starters on the floor pretty much as much as they can. And, and that's 34 minutes that Hayward's giving up there. So um, Marcus Smart has to be the leader of the second unit. But if they do put Robert Williams on the floor, we'll help them defensively against Embiid. But whoever's on him, it probably be Al Horford is going to be running around uh, helping out with double teams probably on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I'm convinced after that game, Jason Tatum is is legitimately unguardable one on one. The difference when he's on, he's on. Like, and not even just scoring, like rebounding defensively. Like when he's locked in, he he can do anything. Yeah. I was talking about last week the difference between someone like Jason Tatum and Lonzo Ball, who was in his draft class. When Lonzo Ball tries to do a move, I feel like he's done the move. That's the first time he's ever tried that move. But Jason Tatum, he has his arsenal different moves he does every time and it works not every time but a lot of the time and he has arrived him and John Brown as every basketball Twitter account says they're not the future they're the present and they are here and I'm you know we, we were talking about last week about and I felt I felt like we just kept bringing it up that um Philly could have drafted Jason Tatum and they brought it up two or three times on the during the game too like for, on the commentary Oh, Sixers Twitter definitely was uh, not not forgetting that throughout the whole game. On, on Twitter, I saw that, like, basically every commercial break, it felt like I, I saw a, a Sixers fan tweeting about how they could have had him, but they, uh, they went with Markel Fultz. And I also love how Tatum reminded them, I think after the game, that he knew the Celtics were taking him uh, number one, but the Sixers didn't know that their guy was Tatum. So... Credit to Danny Ainge for the con move there. Trader Danny with his latest heist. Yes, Danny Ainge is the king of finessing on and off the court. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the Sixers because I think a lot of news today has been about the Sixers and how dysfunctional they have been. So my question is to you, do you think that the Sixers should split up Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons or should they just fire Brett Brown and try to make it work one last time? Assuming not to – uh, get overboard over here, but assuming the Celtics beat the Sixers in this series. You know, it's tough to trade away just the talent just because of some sort of team chemistry. I know team chemistry, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, I completely value team chemistry, but, you know, when you have these superstars on one team, like, you have to make it work. Like, and just like, I mean, I, w- I would blame the coach more than I do the players. You know, it's on the coach to make it work. And, you know, the, like uh, Joel Embiid came out and said that, you know, he has to put the team on his back more, uh, you know, like what he did wasn't enough. Like he has to carry the team more than what he did and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, no one's expecting you to carry the team. Like Tobias, like, um, yeah, um, Tobias Harris, he's a good player. Al Horford, he's a good player. You know, like they have solid players around him. And if, if you're saying that to the media – and you're, you're saying – you're kind of speaking it into existence, saying, like, I have to carry the team. I have to carry the team. You know, then all your teammates are like, well, dude, you know, like, what, what the hell are we doing over here? Just trying to help you out? It's a player's league. They should have fired Brent Brown anyways. Um, but, like, if, if this was the Celtics, would you want them to split up Tatum and Brown or fire Brad Stevens? It's a bit more of a difficult choice, but I'd still rather them fire Brad Stevens and keep the, the two superstars. And 
the dynamic with uh, you're giving me a look. You'd rather split them up. In our than case, fire I think Brad Stevens. In our case, I think Brad Stevens is a phenomenal coach. He is. A, he is. I, I agree with that. I, I think our situation is a lot harder than theirs because I think because I think we all know Brett Brown's a bad coach. Yeah, but if Ty Lue can lead, quote air quote lead the <laughs> Cavaliers to um, an NBA championship, uh, being down three to one to one of the the best dynasties that we've seen in our lifetime, uh, any head coach I'm convinced now after that, like any head coach <laughs> can win an NBA title. All all you need is some players. So uh, definitely fire Brent Brown should have done that already. It is an interesting dynamic with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid's a, a baby back bitch and uh, Ben Simmons is a mental midget. So I'm sure Embiid just bullies him every day. Midget's ben Simmons like cries, <laughs> and Ben Simmons like cries in his uh his locker by himself after practice. So <laughs> he, he probably does take a lot of bullying. But Embiid's a superstar talent. He's still not going anywhere uh, unless he forces his way out of Philly. I mean, he's going to be around for a while. So. Uh, ben Simmons, if he gets healthy, I mean, maybe they can try to figure something out. But you talked about uh, Al Horford and Tobias Harris, who are both all-star caliber players. Al, maybe not – Brian, definitely not anymore after this year. But going into this year, he was considered that. He plays 31 minutes last night. He puts up six points. Tobias Harris plays 39. He uh, puts up and scores 15 points, shooting six for 15. If they want any chance, they need those guys to step up and – didn't see that last night so and, and if they do it'll make the series more interesting now with Hayward out um but Embiid's not gonna be able to do it on his own so you you need the superstar players I don't know I uh, real quick though I think they no like Hayward going out I think it allows us to have a true like big three between Kemba, Kemba Tatum and Brown and like because especially if you put you know if you put um Tice and uh, Robert Williams on the floor, two guys who probably won't take that many shots. I mean, you can't double-team everybody. So whoever has the ISO is essentially going to be the one to take a shot. I feel like just more shots to be divvied up between the three of them. Yeah, classic big three. Celtics have a great – one of the first teams in a while to have uh, three 20-point scorers. So that's a good point there. And I wanted to add, it's funny how in the annals of time, our views change of coaches were – Someone like Eric Spolstra is now a very respected coach, but when he was coaching LeBron and all of them, everyone just thought he was a liability coach and basically just a, a figure face and LeBron was the actual coach. Or someone like Brad Stevens were, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure a few years ago on ESPN they were talking whether you'd rather have uh, Brad Stevens or LeBron James on your team right now. <laughs> They're talking about Brad yeah. Stevens that much, hyping him up. I think that's when Isaiah Thomas was just – wreaking havoc on league and everyone thought Brad Stevens was the Nostradamus of coaching, which he still is, but a lot more people thought that than they do now, but it'd be interesting. And I wanted to add a quick point. So we're going to give our playoff predictions, even though every team's now played one game, except as we're recording rockets and thunder are playing and Lakers and uh, blazers have yet to play. But I want to add one thing before we give our first round predictions is that the Orlando Magic are, are the greatest team of all time in game one of the first round of the series, beating Toronto last year. Everyone was panicking about Toronto, and now this year, crushing the Bucks. But, Zach, you think this time it's a little different than um, last year. Correct. So, the Bucks 
They are so used to being that number one seed. They are so used to that home crowd. They, they feed off of the crowd. Now you got virtual fans. You got these bubble refs. Well, I'm on to at this point, these bubble refs. And you got you got a one-man wrecking machine who's, who's, not, who's not the same anymore. You yeah, know what I mean? Expand on the bubble refs uh, for everyone listening, what you mean by that. Man, these bubble refs, they're, they're, they're getting soft. They're, they're living among the players now. They're with the players. You see them every day. I just, I just don't like the whole thing. These bubble refs, do you, do you remember the uh, remember how we had those backup refs for the NFL? Yes, during the, the replacement refs. Yeah, replacement the refs. Th- these are how I feel. These are these are replacement refs. These are fake bubble refs. This is this is a theory. What you, you we had the Porzingos toss out, b- bunch of soft stuff being called. We're not in, and now I'm not getting calls for Tatum when it should be called. They're all over the place. Okay, they, they lean one way, they lean the other way. I mean, they're giving your mind bubble ref. They gave Giannis the whole game the first time we played him against uh, the Bucks. Yeah, eight fouls. Like, what, like, I'm telling you, these bubble refs are not. I'm on to them, but yes, the Bucks, the Bucks will win this series, but they will drop one game, another game, to the um, to the Orlando Magic. Uh, and if they do drop another game to the Orlando Magic, I think it will just expose them even more that they are not, they should not be the title favorites because. They will not be able to ride that one seed all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, to the and to the finals. I think the uh, I think the NBA needs to give Joey Crawford a call, get him out of retirement, come <laughs> spice things up, show these guys how it's done. But I obviously the Bucks are uh, a very good basketball team. Giannis, arguably the best player in the league, and they have uh, they are deep. But I I don't really get why I shouldn't say I don't get, but I don't think they are a clear cut title favorite i think there's a lot of teams in the mix like off the bat then raptors clippers uh lakers even if you maybe want to throw the rockets in there you can but uh it's definitely up in the air and i i honestly i didn't get to watch the game today i didn't see any highlights or anything but um when it, they should beat the mat the magic wouldn't be surprised if uh if they do drop another game but i i do agree with you completely zach especially thinking back to their series against the Celtics last year, like when when it went back home, um, that's when the Celtics were in trouble. So, so they definitely are missing out on that advantage. Yeah, talking about uh, bubble refs, I'm trying to figure out his name, but there's one ref every time the Celtics play him. He's the I'm not gonna say the worst, my least favorite ref. It's uh, <laughs> yes, we made a tweet about it in um. Uh, I think is when NBA and uh, I think it's probably oh, one of the first NBA games and about. the NFL ref we compared the two the worst two refs. I'm trying to figure out his name. I can't find it right here. The one with that rod, he ref one... last night. He, he's the light skin ref. He's bald. He's is it the, ro- the one that we last, talked about? Did he ref last night? Team? I can't recall if you ref last. What did you say, Zach? He, uh... I said. Do you remember? Remember we played the Rockets before quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it yeah. that guy? Yes, yes, it is that guy. Oh, I, mean, I remember we Mark, talked Mark, about him. I forgot Mark his Davis. name. Mark Davis. Mark Davis. If oh, he, yep. If he refs an NBA game, uh, NBA, a Celtics game, he's roughing the Portland LA Lakers game tonight. Celtics fans, have your eye on Mark Davis because for some reason, Mark Davis hates your team. Mark Davis is out to get the Celtics, and I along with Zach's bubble ref conspiracy. My ref conspiracy is Mark Davis 
and that other NFL rough guy, I forget his name, but I'm not even going to bother to look up his name because he sucks even more than Mark Davis. But Mark Davis is out to get the Celtics, and he will do anything to make sure the Celtics don't get their 18 title if he has anything to say about it. And that's my rant about Mark Davis. Real quick on Mark Davis, seeing that I just came across this on uh, NBA.com. Do you guys want to know his fun facts? There's uh, two, four, six, eight of them here. Okay, give us the best ones. What do you got? All right. His favorite TV show is The Wire, which I'm actually watching right now. I would recommend that. Okay. Favorite movie, Glory. Glory. Never heard of that before. Of favorite musician, John Coltrane. Never heard of him before. Ryan, you're a music bad. guy. Have you heard of him? Uh, what's the band name? John Coltrane. No, I've never heard of John Coltrane. That's the suspect pick right there. No wonder why we don't like they, him. They get a bit more suspect. Favorite book, Lonesome Dove. Never heard of that. Just sounds kind of sketchy, though. <laughs> Not a football um, Definitely a basketball guy. Favorite meal, fried chicken. I mean, that's pretty basic. Nothing sketchy about that. Favorite app, Cisco AnyConnect. Cisco's your favorite app? Just say Twitter or something. Like just, just I don't know. What is what is that for? That sounds like a like compatibility app. Like to that just sounds like something you, you like Bluetooth your speaker. <laughs> yeah. Would like to visit Venice, and on his bucket list is to fly a helicopter along the Chicago River. I could have swore his, his bucket list was to watch the Celtics burn. That was weird. Watching. Oh, you know what? That's. This is last year's. Uh, maybe it's in this year's, yeah. Watch him burn the bubble, yes. That makes sense. It, it hasn't been updated. <laughs> there's Now there's nine fun facts. I'm telling you, it's a conspiracy. They're trying to hide what Mark Davis wants us to fail, and we can't allow that to happen. I'm going to start a petition to make sure Mark Davis doesn't rough Eastern Conference games. But... If the Celtics go up three zip, he's roughing game four. I'll put all my money on it. <laughs> so watch out for that. If because Celtics 76ers is probably one of the biggest rating games for the first round of the playoffs. So if Celtics go up three nothing, watch the NBA put Mark Davis in to make sure there's a game five. I like that Smitty. So we're gonna give our first round predictions now. Do we wanna all say our predictions for each game, then go to the next game, say our predictions next game kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll – East or West? We start East or, East or West? Let's go East. All right, East. We'll start with the one and eight seed, the Milwaukee Bucks against Orlando Magic. Orlando won the first game. So, Zach, you, um, you're you kind of on the Magic side a little. Uh, you know, I was – I'm like – I'm 50-50 while it's going to go to seven games. Um, but I think Giannis will drop 55 uh, in game two and the Bucks will win in six. Okay. I agree. I think the Bucks are going to win in six. They, you know, 50-50 between five and six. Uh, we'll see if they drop another one or if they just come out and annihilate this, uh, this <laughs> overrated magic team. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I'll, be, I'll give a conser- conservative six because honestly – I look at half of these matchups, and I know some games have been played, but I probably would have guessed that half of them would have been sweeps before the game started. This be definitely being one of them. Yeah. This is true. So I want to be on the Magic turn, and the Magic also have an unfair advantage for being in Orlando and having to harness the power of Disney World. But Giannis and the Greek Freak's power is way too much. I'm making – I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but I don't think – 
the Magic will score over 100 points in the rest of the series. That's wrong. It's going to be five games. I'll bet, I'll bet you 10 bucks. 10 bucks? I'll bet you 10 bucks. I feel like my prediction's more bold than yours. Uh, it is. That's why I'm betting you 10 bucks on it. No deal. I'll take that deal. 10 bucks. All right, deal. Or the Magic will not break 100 points for the rest of the series. Uh, I don't know if that's smart, but. I'm going to DM Markel Fultz. Hey, man, I just made a bet. <laughs> Figure Wait, it out. Okay. Yep. Marco Fultz, he's led, he beat the first round team, so maybe um, Sixers were wrong to trade him. He beat I mean, the number one seed. All right. Second. Maybe that justified them taking him first overall. That's what I'm saying. Are the Sixers already reeling for trading him? Like, I don't know. So. Number two and number seven seed, it is the Brooklyn Nets are seven seed, and Toronto Raptors are the two seed. Toronto spanked the Nets, and I'm assuming it's going to be more of the same. Guys, what do you think? Raptors in four. Raptors team chemistry is, is unreal. They're, 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 they're really riding the underdog. Uh, even though they're the two seed, everybody, everybody counts them out because they don't have Kawhi, but their team chemistry is unreal. Uh, Siakam is really good. Van Fleet is really good. Kyle Lowry's really good. Like they still have, they still have, they're still loaded with talent. Yeah, what Nick Nurse has been able to do with that team this year has really been incredible. I don't think anyone expected them to still be at the top of the chain in the East, taking them in four easily. Um, happy they won because I, I had a lot of money on them as well. But uh, it, it would be concerning if they lost to the even one game to the Nets. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the Nets one game because the Nets did play well in the bubble. They went six and two, I believe, and I think especially in the bubble where there's no home court advantage. I think every team's able to get one, and I think the Nets are no different. I'm going to give the Nets one game and lose in five. It's because you're a Kyrie fan, huh? Isn't it, Ryan? Because you like Kyrie and he's on the Nets. So that's how you give him a game. No, I, I got hate you. Kyrie. So I got I'm you, bro. I got you, bro. Why else would you give him a game? I got yeah. you, bro. Yeah, you're a secret you. Kyrie fan. No, I <laughs> I hate Kyrie, and I'm not even going to pretend that I like Kyrie because that's giving him <laughs> too much credit. Kyrie – is the bane of my existence. That's why I have Kemba Walker in the background. All right. But before I get too upset, we're going to go to the current series that we're talking about, Celtics 76ers. Celtics win in a kind of close game. What we got for the outcome? Celtics in four. Oh, that's, that's a little aggressive, don't we think? Joel Embiid will, will start crying after they lose game two. That's not aggressive. That's probably likely. I would not be surprised if he does check out at some point. I'm going to say five. Um, we'll see if the Sixers can maybe steal one here uh, now that they don't have Tatum. But uh, I, I'm sticking with that five at best. Um, I'm going to go with five as well. Not to, all my picks are five. I think Joel Reed <laughs> will have one good game. And Al Horford will not just be average Al. He'll be above average Al for one game and turn back the hands of time to get one game out of us. And it might be game two just because we need to adjust without having Gordon Hayward. All right, so the next – Zach vehemently disagrees, but now – Dan going to drop another 30. Dan Brown's 30. Kemba Walker's going to start lighting it up. Guys, I don't know what you're talking about. What Time Lord's going to start? I mean, I love Time Lord to forward the hands of time and make Al Horford look like he's 45 and just absolutely body him. So we have the four and five seeds – uh, I think Indiana's the four seed and Miami's the five seed. I think Miami's the four, four seed and Indiana's the five. Okay. And Miami won. 
they played already today. They looked pretty good, even though I saw a lot of terrible shots from Duncan Robinson and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Hero. Also, yeah, Tyler Hero. But fun fact that uh, Duncan Robinson went to Williams College for a year. I feel like I knew that, but it didn't like impact my head. And then he transferred to Michigan for three years. So, and he's from Maine. Like, ooh, basketball players come from Maine. That's crazy. Anything to add, basketball? Apparently, I would have never have guessed that. Yeah, it's like Heat in five. Okay, I'm taking the Heat, but in seven, I think this is going to be. I think it's going to be the best series. End up being the best series of the Smitty, first round. You're smoking something, man. Not yet. It's too. No, Jimmy Butler will not um, let that. Will not let this series go past five. Uh, fair, fair, but I do think. The Pacers do have some talent, and the bubble factor will play into effect with no home court advantage. It's going to be dogfights, but um, we'll see if they – I think they'll be able to get a few. I think that the, the Pacers, they always show up for the playoffs, whether they That's have true. Paul George or a bunch of nobodies. They always show up to play, so we'll see. Victor Oduba Gang's eye poked will be interesting to see if he plays because he got hurt in – I think it's – What's his name? Sabonis on Indiana. He's out. He's one of their better players. So I'm going to say Miami in six. I think it's going to be a good series. I think uh, Indiana will be able to pull out two games. It was a close game throughout, and Indiana had a bunch of chances to take that game. But Jimmy Butler and those boys took it. But I think Miami will win in six. So moving on to the Western Conference, we'll start with or do we want to end with the game that hasn't happened yet so we can actually get, a, like, a, a projection like of that game, maybe? No, we'll sure. Do that. So we're going to start with the four or five seeds that probably just finished. I'm not looking at my phone right now. But it I'll is check. OKC and the Houston Rockets. Uh, from last time I checked, Houston Rockets were kind of bodying OKC. And a lot of people yeah. had OKC as their underdog pick to upset them. And... I think OKC is a little too young of a team. So, to give my prediction right away, I think Houston will win in, I'm going to say six. I'll, I'll give OKC two games, but I think Houston will win in six. I also think – I also have Rockets in six. I think um, Chris Paul can put can put some stuff together, especially with that young talent. There's still a couple games, but at the end of the day, James Harden is just too good. So, I'm also saying Rockets in six. Uh I think, like we said, they definitely should clean up the series. And I'm sure there'll probably be a game where the Thunder, uh, you know, could be 2-0 or 3-1 where the Thunder are throwing everything that they got at them and James Harden, Russell Westbrook check out and, and let the young guys get the W. But um should be a six-game series. And the Rockets are up by 17. The, the game's over. They are going to win. Yeah. Well, and Russell Westbrook isn't playing, so – does this mean that the Rockets are better without Russell Westbrook? I'm not sure. People are wondering. Uh, moving on to the three and six seeds. That is, if I'm not mistaken, the Nuggets and the Jazz. And the Nuggets won. And I, Donovan Mitchell went off. We'll give him credit for that. Scoring 57 points. I think that's third most in the playoff history, which is yep. wild. But the Jazz are very injured. And Mike Conley... Like, we're talking about athletes having babies. Like, Mike Conley is away with his kid having a baby, and they think he'll be back game three. So, he won't be back game two. And uh, the guy that they got from Indiana last year, I'm blanking on his name. He's uh, 
very Polish sounding name, but he's their second leading scorer and he's been injured. So he's not playing. So I'm going to say Nuggets in five. I think Nuggets will handle them pretty easily. Donovan Mitchell will show out as he's done. I think he'll probably average close to 40 points a game in the series, but I'm going to have Nuggets getting through with Jokic and Jamal Murray finally back. Ryan, this whole time you've said like two series that don't go other than five. Hey, wait for it. I'll, I'll let you know. All right. I also think Nuggets in five, so. (laughs) (laughs) Is, uh, Michael Conley due to come back like at all for this series? They said is game he, three it, that they think they can have him back by. Okay. I'm taking then if that's the case, I'm taking the Nuggets in six. Utah, they, they may be able to get to you. I'm, I'm being conservative with that, but still taking the Nuggets in, in six at most. And the uh, we have Clippers are the two seed. Dallas are the seven seed, uh with Zach's uh bubble rough. Uh, theory, Persingas got kicked out or ejected from the game and they had a lead. They were leading for most of that game and then mm-hmm. at the end, the Clippers came back. But also saw a stat that in close games, which I'm not sure the exact number they say in close games, but I'm pretty sure in clutch moments, the Clippers are something like 8-2 and two, and the Dallas Mavericks are 2-2 and nine or two and eight or something. So both teams perform very differently in the clinch moments. Dallas is very young, but I'm going to say this game, this goes six games, assuming Porzingis doesn't get kicked out because I think Dallas matches up really well against Clippers. And I think the Clippers tend to take the foot off the gas because they don't feel like they need to put the foot on the gas ever. So I'm going to say Clippers in six. I'm all saying Clippers in six. Um, it's tough because I really like the Mavs, and I think I think I between uh, Luka Doncic and uh, Porzingis, I think they have I think they have a lot of talent, but somehow Kawhi Leonard will make them win the game. I don't know, something like something about Kawhi Leonard is like when he's in the game, you're just, just like, oh win. well, you know, yeah, they'll come back, they'll win the game. Um, but yeah, but I do think they drop. I, I do think they'll drop two games to them. So Clippers in six. I'm taking the Clippers at five. I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to go on a, a silly run. I, I actually am going to take them. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks, but I'm taking them to win the, the West over the Lakers. Um, they just got Montrezl Harrell back, so that's a great addition for them coming off the bench. LeBron's a bitch, by the way. just want to throw that in there. Um, you know, if the Suns made the playoffs, the Suns could beat the Clippers in, in a seven-game series right now. I disagree. <laughs> but – uh, also love Luca. I think he's, I think he's my favorite young player in the league. Like, uh, besides Tatum, obviously, but out of that group of guys, um, they're only a few pieces away from being a legit contender as well. And we'll see if uh, they can do that in the off season. And last but not least the game that hasn't happened yet, but for you guys listening, it already has happened. So it's not a surprise for you, but it'll be a surprise for us. It is Lakers. The one seed Blazers are the eighth seed playoff. Dame is finally here. Logo Dame is here. Broken Neck CJ McCollum is here. Uh, I guess Playoff James is here. He hasn't played a playoff game in over 700 days. So uh, is he going to be a little rusty in the playoffs? I'm not sure. I think he will be rusty. I'm having Lakers in seven. The Blazers. What? The, the Blazers are going to go up 2-0 on those rusty old Lakers. <laughs> and then reality will set in. They might get one more game, but 
I'm saying Lakers in seven. This is going to be a hard-fought series. Old man James does not know what's coming. I think every I think it is going to be a hard-fought hard-fought series. Um, and Damian Lillard will average forty-five points, um, but it's still but it still won't be enough. I think Lakers are going to win in five. I'm taking. I agree with you. Just I'm taking the Lakers in six. Uh, Dame Lillard's a, a man on a mission, but this is the beginning of. Uh, the problems for the Lakers, Anthony Davis is going to realize that LeBron's too old uh, and they don't have the pieces around them. He's going to look at Boston going a great run here, uh, opt out of his contract. Gordon Hayward's going to opt in because he wants that money. Danny Ainge is going to pull off a sign and trade. And Anthony Davis is that big man that we've been looking for for the last five years. It starts tonight, boys. <laughs> I love that. That's the greatest theory of all time. And I think Anthony Davis is going to, even though Anthony Davis is a lot better than Nurkic, I think he's going to struggle because Anthony Davis does not what? have a clutch gene. But what are you talking about? Between Anthony Davis <laughs> and LeBron James, the clutch gene is non-existent. If they had a baby, Bro. that baby would be negative. I'll bet you on this game tonight. I'll bet you on the game tonight. Oh, what were we betting? Is that you think Wait, no, like, you're, I'm betting Lakers will win. You'll bet the Trailblazers are going to win. How about Trailblazers will cover the spread? Now the spread's like five points. What's the spread? Um, the spread's like four and a half, six and a half. Let me check. No, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think they'll cover. It's the spread. six and a half. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll cover. I'll, I'll gentlemen's wager one dollar because that's all I got. Deal. One dollar Blazers win. All right, sounds good. Easiest money I ever make. I'm gonna buy a nice, like, three gumballs now. With COVID, you can't buy gumballs anymore. It's too dangerous. Uh. But yeah, that's gonna be the first round of the playoffs. Um, what, what series besides the Celtics do you think will be the most exciting one for you guys? I think Smitty said his already, but unless you have a change of heart, what's what's the most exciting series aside from Celtics Seventy Sixers that you're looking forward to? Uh, I think Clippers Mavs. Like that, I like that. Smitty, I'm still good? going with the Heat and Pacers. Uh. I think that the Pacers are going to, to show up and play, but I think the Heat are arguably the most underrated team in the uh, playoffs right now. So it will be interesting to see how well they do and uh, if they have any legit shot of uh, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, giving either the Raptors or the Bucks or even both at some point a run for their money. So, do you think the Pacers are going to win the next game? We'll see. Maybe. Five bucks. Good. It's possible. I'll bet you five bucks. Okay, deal. I'll bet you five. Oh, just outright. Outright. I'll bet you five dollars on that. I'm saying I'm saying Blazers Lakers is gonna be most interesting because that's only one I have going seven. And yeah, my key, the worst one. My key is if in the great words of Cher, if Carmelo Anthony can turn back time. That's pretty good. If he can turn back the hands of time and be 2012, 2013 mellow and be that uh, consistent score that will make this series go seven. My yeah, let's just take If you put him in the prime, they'll fi- they'll find a way to lose. That's that's prime mellow right there. They'll lose in four instead of seven. <laughs> the worst team is. No, we need mellow playing like 2012, 2013, but the mentality of this mellow, we need old seasoned mellow brain. We can't have mellow chucking in a ball 30 times. We need Damian Lillard chucking the ball 30 times and broken neck CJ McCollum, broken freaking neck CJ McCollum scoring 25. And uh, <laughs> they, 
The Blazers honestly have everything except for someone to cover LeBron James. And everyone's saying that Trevor Reza would be that guy, but Trevor Reza isn't that guy. He's just probably the one that can limit LeBron to 35 instead of 45. But uh, They have all the pieces there to make it a good series, and I don't think the Blazers are your typical eighth seed. So That's just true. I think it's going to go seven. But I, do. I think just LeBron has way too much to prove. He's going to will that team up. But I think Mark Davis will be the rough game seven for them and make sure ah, that he gets word from Adam Silver that LeBron needs to make it to the second round. So Mark Davis will make sure LeBron does it. Even if LeBron isn't able to, Mark Davis will ensure that. So Refs, man. These bubble refs. Soft like bubble wrap. Or pop easy like bubble wrap. I don't know. Let's move on to some Bruins talk. Yes, we have talked a lot of Bruins on this podcast the last two weeks, and there is great reason to talk about it some more because the Bruins had an amazing comeback against the Carolina Hurricanes. They were down 2 nothing going to the third period, and then all of a sudden, some magic happens. We had two goals from Jake DeBrusque. Marshawn had a nice uh, breakaway goal of his own in that big hit Troy McAvoy had on Jordan Stahl. That was what started rev the engine for the Bruins to come back. Jordan Stahl literally went airborne. Like it's funny, Nesson kept playing in slow motion. It was like you had to put some dramatic uh, opera music in the background. It would have been perfect. But Charlie McAvoy like charged up this Bruins team. They came back four two. They won four two. And for me, the series is over. There's no way. I'm not a big hockey guy myself, but in sports in general, if you give up a two goal lead which is also the most dangerous lead in hockey, I'm told. But if you give up a two-goal lead, he lose four – no, they lost 4-3, right? It wasn't 4-2. Yep. It was four, three. Yep. Yep. I forgot about that last-minute goal. But giving up that kind of lead, Bruins in five, man. The Bruins, they're going to win the next game. That was awesome third period. It made, it made me, like Zach, I was a diehard Bruins fan for that period, baby. You know, I'm not going to lie – Immediately, once I became a diehard Bruins fan, we we, we have been successful. Uh, I'm not going to take the credit. You know, the boys were out there. They're grinding. Um, but Smitty and I were talking. <laughs> Smitty and I were talking before the podcast about how uh, Tuka Rask um, opted out of the, of the rest of the season. But, you know, I'm happy that it didn't, you know, it didn't get in the way of, uh, of the Bruins, you know, taking care of business. We've got one more year to finish out, though. One more year to finish out. But I do agree. Ryan, I think we'll finish it in five. As uh, someone who was convinced while uh, after drinking a few man sodas Friday night that I should put a lot of money on the Bruins for the Saturday game, (laughs) uh, only to wake up and see that Tuka Rask just decided to go home, was a a bit nervous how that would affect the team, but they played well on Saturday. Uh, Came out last night. Went down two zip. I, Halak let up two goals that Bruce Cassidy admitted after the game he should have saved. Uh, low glove side. The the first one was a bit of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A screen goal. But the the second one absolutely he he should have saved. So, uh, but still with that, like I said, Saturday they were the better team. I thought. Um, yet last night they were too, and they got that first goal. Things started buzzing, and then that Jordan Stahl hit um, that McAvoy put on him was a, a game changer for me. Uh, in a playoff game with no no fans, like no buzz in the arena itself, 
that seemed to give them that pick me up that they needed. Love seeing Stahl instantly go off the ice down the uh, tunnel there, throw a stick. He was not happy about that. You don't see a guy like that take a big hit uh, uh, every uh, really ever. Like a, a guy who's been in the league for that long, uh, that good. You, you don't see guys like that getting dropped. So uh, they went up to zip and it was over from there. Not great to see DeBrusque put uh put a few biscuits in the basket after he struggled the last few games. Uh, Connor Clifton had a great goal, and then Marshan the the dangle that he put on Reimer to go up three two was beautiful. I love love how how Reimer's been their guy. He's the same goalie who led up the three to one lead or uh, four to four to one lead, I believe, back in 2013 when he was with the Maple Leafs. So he, the Bruins have have his number. Um, that was a game uh, a serious deciding game in my opinion. I agree with you. Ryan, that now it's over. They're going to win the next game. Uh, hopefully, I, I'm putting my money on them, that's for sure, and, and they're moving on. If uh, it, it, The way it was going when they got those two shitty goals on Halak and, and they evened it up, I think it would uh, stir things up a bit. You have an even series. We're playing our backup goalie. Maybe it gives them some more momentum. But uh, credit the Bruins for the way they responded. And going back to what I said at the beginning of this series, they took the whole play in like it was a preseason game. They didn't matter. Their goalie who knows what's going on with him, but it didn't seem like he was really checked in and he ends up leaving. Um, things could have gone south for them real quick, but credit for them to really stepping up and um, making the most of this opportunity that they have with, with realistically maybe the last run with this, with this core group here. Yeah. And rumor has that David Pasternak will be back for the next game I'm hearing. So that's just another uh, weapon for the Patri- Patriots. For the Bruins to have, um, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say they feel like a Destiny's team, but like with so much uh, adversity, somebody saying this could be the last run the team has. Tukaras just leaving, them coming back like that. I'm I'm starting to get some team of Destiny vibes right now. That they are the team that is meant. It, this feels like the start of their DVD being played. Like. Get the DVD productions going and how once Tukarask left, the Bruins buckled down and started playing hard. That's what I'm feeling right now. Knock, I have wood right next to me. Knock on wood because if I jinx this for all Bruins fans, I won't care enough to say sorry. But, like, people will yell at me that listen to this podcast that I jinxed them. So, I'll be like, oh, crap. Like, my bad. Like, I'm not going to say sorry, but, like, maybe my bad. But they well, Team Destiny vibes. Ryan, you're good. You're good because – Again, once once I became a diehard Bruins fan, I'm a good luck charm. So my good luck will negate any jinx you just put on. So you're good. Thank thank you. You're good, bro. Much appreciated. If you do jinx them, I just hope you know that you'll have a bill coming your way from me for uh, the gambling losses that I would have taken. (laughs) I mean, if your gambling is still the same as uh, our degenerate gamblers predictions, uh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do like that. I didn't mean to do. Hey, I have been, I have been hot since the restart. So give me a break here. Coming up, let's see if uh, if the NFL season makes it. Because if it does, boys, you better look out. (laughs) Year two, I'm getting that that sophomore year bump. Mm, Sophomore year bump. Sophomore year slump. Get rid of that. It's a sophomore year bump. I like that. I like that uh, change of phrasing. Yes, NFL. We will get into some NFL talk, and I've been mentally preparing for degenerate gamblers, really trying to get into my gambling bag. I'm not actually gambling money because I'm way too cheap to do that, but I've been gambling like 
what I would have done. And I'm a big time winner, but you know, once you put the money online, it's completely different. So then it becomes real. It becomes real. And then you pick with your head, not your heart. And sometimes it's what your heart is what you want. And it's, it's tough. It's a tough, uh, tough life, but we'll get to there. Hopefully no COVID cases that I'm aware of at practices. So that is a good sign. There's none reported that I know of and players are getting taken off the COVID list that were previously put on. So that's plus, but that, that's some good hockey talk right there. Big hockey guys right there. So this is, this is going to be a baseball talk. So uh, we're, we, we might talk like a second of the Red Sox because the Red Sox don't really deserve a second of our time. But uh, big news coming out today. Today's Tuesday. When you listen, it'll be yesterday. So Fernando Tatis Jr., 21-year-old phenom on the San Diego Padres, hitting a grand slam. They were up, I think, 7 nothing at that point. They were up maybe seven yeah. runs. I think it was 10. Yeah, it was 10-3. They were up seven runs. Seven runs. Okay, I knew seven was involved somehow. Hits the grand slam. The third base coach gave him the don't swing sign, and he must have just missed it or something. You know, sometimes you miss signs. It's not that big a deal, but, I mean, he crushes the grand slam. So, I mean, a normal person would say, hey, you missed the sign, but I don't care. Great call. And now everyone in old man baseball land is heated that you don't swing through. It's the unwritten rule, they say, even though no one's ever told me that unwritten rule. This there's an unwritten rule, maybe not swing at 3-0, just because if you swing and you hit, like, you get out, it could have been a ball, you could go walk. But I've never heard the unwritten rule of not swinging with bases loaded, especially up seven. I mean, wouldn't you rather secure the win rather than give the other team a chance to come back? I, this confuses me, guys. Does it make any more sense to you than it does for me? All right, let me, let me tell you guys a quick story. Quick story. Um, freshman game this past year when I was when I was a football coach, um, one of the opposing team's coaches came up to me and said, hey, coach, uh, if you don't mind, you know, we don't have a lot of numbers. So, um, you know, if you start to run up the score, you know, if you can just ease back a little bit, you know, just don't hurt our kids' feelings. I said, yeah, of course. You know, uh, we're dealing with 13, 14-year-olds. So that that is an unwritten rule. You know, if, if, it's, uh, if I'm destroying you in uh, peewee football or peewee baseball, yeah, sure, I'll ease up. But this is Major League Baseball. There's no unwritten rules. They're going to play. They get, they get paid to play. They're going to play until the game's over. Period. Anybody who's upset about it, get the hell out of here. You don't deserve to be in, 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 major, league, in a major league organization. And I'm pretty sure the very next pitch, I forget, it was the Rangers playing. The Rangers pitcher pitched right behind uh, the next batter, which might have been Manny Machado. I could be wrong. It, it was. The pitcher was Ian Gibot, I think is how you say his name. Honestly, I don't know. But Machado was up next, and the first pitch he threw behind him. Uh, the Rangers pitcher has been suspended three games, and the Rangers manager has also been suspended one game, Chris Woodward. Wow. Why, why did the manager get suspended for his comments? or For, for quote, as a result of Gibot's actions. Okay. Damn, that's tough. Tough one-game suspension in baseball. You know that hits hard. Uh, Smitty, what was your thoughts on the Grand Slam controversy? Just another classic example of the MLB refusing to get out of their own damn way. Uh, they have four-hour-long games that no one wants to pay attention to. <laughs> and then when something like a Grand Slam, something exciting happens, the the players bitch about it. Um, there are so many 
little unwritten rules like this in baseball and therefore little league, therefore like exactly what you said. Like if you're mad about it, do better. You get paid millions of dollars to be an MLB pitcher. Just pitch better. It's the same, same deal with pitchers who get pissed off when someone hits a grand slam or hits a bomb of a home home run and are talking shit and pimping it, you know, doing bad flips. If you get, and then they, and then the pitcher throws at the next guy or throws at the, the batter when he gets up again. If you're pissed off about them pimping a home run, don't give up a fucking home run. Be better. It's, it's your job. It is your job to be a good pitcher. Be a good pitcher. <laughs> Suck it up. I agree. Uh, so I don't even get why the, like, it's sad when baseball gets the news, especially right now because there's so much sports going on all of a sudden. So baseball is having a tough time getting news. It's sad when their news is that people are upset that a homer. So, like, on first take with Stephen A. McCormick, you'll never see anything about baseball unless it's playoffs or something happens in a game. And that the reason they talked about it was that players were upset that he swung with bases loaded. It, it kind of puts you where baseball is in the sports media world where that's the only time you can get on TV to be talked about. Like, like imagine in, imagine in football, if, you, if you're, if you're destroying somebody and you're running off the clock and they, and the running back takes it to the house. Like it's not the running back. The running back is playing the game. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the defensive jobs to stop them. But like, it's, uh, that's something that, that you get upset about in high school. You know, like that happened to, it happened to us when we played uh, junior football together. Like we played a team, they they ran a Hail Mary and they were up by 40. But, you know, like, yeah, like I'd be pissed if that happened in high school, but professional sports, dude, how the hell do you get, who's upset? Yeah. Like, what are you upset about? It's, it's dumb. It's dumb, old timey, old traditional stuff, but that's what baseball is. So I want... No more than a minute, 30 seconds for the Red Sox because th- this is all they deserve. They got swept by the Yankees. It's no longer a rivalry. I think we've lost our last 10 games against the Yankees, something crazy. 15 of 16. Yeah, it might be, but they lost the last 15 of 16. Which is gross. But, I mean, we own the Yankees in the playoffs, but we won't be anywhere near that. So that's just a side note. So my one Red Sox question is typically – when teams are absolute trash, like the Red Sox are, they trade some of their best players to get some assets for the future. And J.D. Martinez has the option to opt out after this season. So my question to you guys is, should we trade J.D. Martinez? Yes. Just get as many assets as possible? Yep. Dig it. I, I I would say yes, because if I was him, I would not want to play here next year. I mean, they are the worst team in the league, but they are statistically now. They have no pitchers. Yes, they'll get um, Chris Sale back next year, but I think they have really put themselves in a hole uh, with the Mookie Betts trade and David Price as well. So, he, I mean, I'm, I'm looking up his contract right now, honestly, to see what he's getting for money, but I just wouldn't be surprised if he does opt out because – why would he want to play here? And then, um, and if he does, then they're, they're really screwed. Yes. They still have talent, but you, you've lost your MVP uh, of your 2018 world series uh, year. You're losing the the number two season MVP behind him from that same season. Um, 
David Price was David Price, but he actually remembered how to pitch in the playoffs in 2018 when they won. So, okay, so his contract, 2021, he, he is due 20, $19,350,000, same for 2022. Um, it would be a bit of a gamble if he did because at ages 33 and 34 um, and the season he's having, I don't know what he'd get for a contract. But uh, if he's traded to a good team, maybe he opts in and he, he plays uh, another two years there. So um, I, I think they should, though. There's no point in keeping him around for that money. Get some get some arms in here while you uh while you while you reset the luxury tax next year. Yeah, I think that I definitely want to leave if I'm him because Red Sox in their clear rebuild mode. And if you're that old, not saying 33 is old, but baseball years batting wise, I think he wants to win at this point. He's gotten paid the way he needs to now. He probably wants to win a few more times and be on a contending team. So might as well leave. Why? Why not? The Red Sox aren't going to win for another two years minimum. We're just, they're just trying to get as many uh, prospects as possible. Yeah. So and I don't want them. Like I don't want them to because I don't like JD Martinez. I would love for him to to play here the next two years. I just I he'll probably be advised by his agent to opt out if they can get some decent money somewhere else. If yeah. someone's going to offer him a, a two year thirty million dollar deal compared to two. Would you rather want after winning a World Series and getting a, a pretty good paycheck? Would you rather want two years and forty million to play on the Red Sox, who will probably suck, maybe be average in two years, or two years thirty million for a team that's a legit contender and have an actual shot to win another World Series? I guess that depends where you are mentally. If you're just trying to get yeah money, or if you're trying to get some rings, which I don't know, Jay Martinez. I don't know what he'd think, but. Leaving $10 million off the table is a lot of money, so you never know. So, yeah. wrapping it up today, we are going to talk. Some uh, Patriots are finally in full pads. I think from what I was told or saw, they were only in full pads for 90 minutes or something. Like, something like such a quick. Yep. Uh, but some notable standouts and uh, non-standouts. Jared Stidham, Stiddy, through three picks. One to Michael Jackson, one to Stephon Gilmore, and was the other to Kyle Duggar? Uh, it was, yep. Duggar, yep. Um, everyone was saying, all the reporters that were allowed to watch training camp, all of them were pretty a consensus saying it was either Cam Newton or Brian Horror that were the best, but they think that once Cam Newton learns the offense more, that he'll just be that much better. But Brian Horror hit some long balls. Jared Stim. Everyone said Jared Stem looked good and confident. It's just those three picks obviously aren't what you're looking for. But I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts, even though it's hard to get complete thoughts because this is all just from word of mouth. Like, we're just getting this from firsthand sources or secondhand sources, whatever the correct term is. We're a secondhand source because we're hearing it from someone else. But I just want to ask you guys what you're hoping maybe for through these uh, preseason games, like who you want to be a standout and who you think will be in all that jazz. As far as the picks, the Gilmore one I'm not upset about because Gilmore is the best defensive back in the league. Uh, the Kyle Duggar one, I mean, I'm more happy that Kyle Duggar is, is standing out than, than anything else. Uh, the, the Michael Jackson player, I don't, I don't know too much about him. Um, <laughs> but I did, but now I see Michael Jackson memes all over my news feed whenever I'm looking about anything Patriots. So that's nice. They are hilarious. <laughs> Half of them are from you. 
So <laughs> I happen to be liking them because I'll just like them. <laughs> um, but yeah, d- definitely looking for the uh, our two tight ends to to stand out in camp, as well as just establish some sort of um, one-two punch with our running backs. You know, like I said, like we've said, you know, we have way too many running backs, so establish a solid depth chart. I mean, obviously James White is our is our guy out the backfield. You know, who's going to be the guy getting the ball on first and second down um, is the main thing I want to know. And then just like I said, establish tight end, and you know, hopefully Nikhil Harry can uh, can start standing out as a as a good complimentary receiver to Edelman. Yeah, I haven't really heard too much buzz about Harry. Don't know if that's really a good or bad thing, but want to see what he's looking like in practice. Um, Damian Harris was a standout today. I think Zach, did you just mention him, or were you just talking about James White? I saw my running backs, but I did mention James White specifically. Yeah, so Damian Harris is, uh, stood out to you. I know Mike Reese in particular noted that. Also, um, as I may have predicted, no, eh, not necessarily have predicted, but he was taking reps on special teams too as he up back in Brandon Bolden's place. Now, is that because Brandon Bolden's not here or because they're looking to get him more involved and we're going to cut Brandon Bolden? Anyways, I don't know. But they used a third-round pick on him last year from Alabama. Um, supposed to be a good running back, so I want to actually see him get involved and not be another terrible draft pick that Bill Belichick's made over the last few years. Um, tight ends, love hearing about them. As you meant, mentioned, Devin Atsias, he's been popping out, and Dalton Keene's taking reps with the the running back, so definitely trying to mix him in as some type of you know fullback, H-back type role. Curious to see how they they play that out, too. And the, the quarterbacks right now, they're taking even reps. Um, Brian Hoare has been described as like the steady Eddie. Um, but I think, I think once Cam Newton figures it out, as you said, he's really going to, uh, to step ahead here and be the, the number one guy. So um, like these like 30 second clips that we get through like binoculars are the best thing that I've had since COVID just because I, we need football back. So um, it, it's only been two, it, it's only been two practices. And I feel like a lot has come out like the reporters are doing it a great job trying to detail and highlight everything that they see. So credit to them. Um, and hopefully like it's been a lot of positives. I think I don't really think there's been that many negatives, like Stidham interceptions, whatever, but like there hasn't been anything like say, for example, like Nikhil Harry's looked like shit or um, like Cam Newton looks the like tight ends are. Yeah. Like Cam Newton sucks or anything like that. So hopefully he keeps conti- uh, continuing to trend upward. And so I was watching NBC's Boston right before we came on this podcast and uh, Tommy Kern was reporting and he said that uh, on Kyle Duggar's interception, he said he's loved Kyle Duggar because he just looks smooth and he looks like he belongs on the field. Like he looks like an athlete, a big athlete. He compared him to Cam Chancellor, like how he looked on the field with the size and everything. Not saying that he is Cam Chancellor, but you said it. I, I said, maybe I said it, but <laughs> third, third hand story. I'm saying he's, He's going to be that guy. But on his interception, it was over Jameer Bird. And according to Tommy Kern, that uh, Kyle Duggar's buttocks were at eye level with uh, Jameer Bird's face. So it says he's got some bunnies and some athleticism. So my, I'm really curious to see if, especially with Patrick Chung opting out, if Kyle Duggar will get safety reps like during the season. And I'm sure he'll play special teams because Bill Belichick. He'll be returning. He actually was taking kicks, but um, he – so if their highlights, obviously, so he's going to look good. But if you watch his college highlights, like he 
he looks like he doesn't belong on the field with some of these guys. And he was a great returner in college. Um, was D2. So, yeah. But, like, he, but he, he has a ton of talent. So, um, they've it's been a rotation in the return game. Uh, Gunner got hurt. Mohamed Sanu, I don't know why he returned a punt against the Ravens, but he did, and he got hurt. Edelman's too old. I, as great as he is as a punt returner, I don't want him back there. So I think at the very least you'll see him on the field in a special teams role, maybe as a gunner on the punt team, but also returning kicks as well. Uh, I can watch videos of Matthew Slater uh, practicing to be the best gunner in the NFL for the eighth year in a row. I can watch those forever. Just want to throw that out there. Yes. I Like both of you guys are saying, the 30-second the clips just get me through my day because it makes me feel like football is even closer because without preseason games, football feels so far away. But with the clips, it has helped to make football feel closer. And, Zach, I know you've hated the Tom Brady hype, the Tom Brady talk on Twitter, but I just want to mention one thing, that the Bucks posted uh, such an envious clip of Tom Brady throwing a nice seam route to Gronk and Gronk getting – demolished by some safety but Mike Smith who also had two interceptions so I, I think if you really liked uh, Tom and Gronk as teammates you wouldn't be making them look so bad because he gave Gronk a pretty good shot at that at the end I, of that it's like full speed like they're competing in the game but Gronk in that clip looked like himself he looked like his Gronk size self he looked like he's fast and obviously if you're gonna get hit that hard anyone's gonna fall but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on uh, do we think that Gronk is going to be a top five tight end this year. Is he back? Are you convinced by that clip that Gronk is back? I mean, he still has to stay healthy throughout the season. Like, there's no need to to use him as much as 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 much as we did in in uh, when he was on the Pats because you have other talent, you have other tight ends and OJ Howard, you have wide receivers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know, you don't have to you don't have to use him to the extent we did. Uh, he he should just be used as as a um, as just another weapon, like you don't want, he doesn't need all the targets that he he's not he or he should not get all the targets he got when he was with us. I definitely agree. I don't think statistically he should be a top top five tight end. They shouldn't be using him that much. But taking a year off, he's only I think what thirty, maybe thirty one, going to be thirty one. Yeah, yeah. So he's not he's not crazy old. Um, even for an NFL tight end, He's the same uh, taking the year off. I'm sure, yeah. So, and I'm sure taking the year off helped him tremendously. So, uh, it looks like he's in good shape. I think the conditioning is something that they're working on. Bruce Arians mentioned that he's in New England shape. I think. I mean, who he's probably just not used to the the heat down there. But um, who knows what he really had been doing for workouts prior to um, the trade? And yeah, that was back in what like March now, but. Even still, I'm probably sure it was a lot for him to catch up on. So, uh, statistically, no. But will we see flashes of him in his true form? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we will. And they're going to be good. They, their offense is stacked. They drafted well. Um, they're going to battle for that division with the Saints. And I, I'm picking the Saints to win the division, mostly out of spite uh, and fear of Tom Brady having any shot of winning a, a Super Bowl with another team. Because if that does happen, I may actually cry. So. Uh, we, I, he, we'll, we'll see what happens, but they're going to be good. Okay. Uh, quick question as we wrap up this podcast. Last question, as I said before we wrap it up. As, since he said that to me, it makes me, I just want to ask, say 
It's not the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Say it's Tampa against, we'll just say the Ravens in the Super Bowl or the Chiefs. And you just said you'd cry if Brady won that seventh ring. Would you be rooting for Brady? Brady, the Bucks are the last team I want to win oh. the Super Bowl this year. The last team. I, I do not want him to win another Super Bowl. I don't care if it puts him far and ahead as, as the greatest of all time. I think of Peyton Manning. If I was a, if I was a Colts fan and they let that guy walk out of the door, granted he, uh, he had some juices that probably helped him out on the well, back end of his career. Yeah. But but they let him go. They tank. They draft Andrew Luck. They completely mismanage him. Uh, he retires early. They don't do anything, anything with him. And Peyton Manning goes on to destroy season records, gets his ass kicked in one Super Bowl. But he, uh, he does get another Super Bowl ring. Like, I'd be pissed. That's a guy I feel like should have probably retired with. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts with his career. And, and it does happen to happen with Brady here, but I just, I wouldn't want that to happen. I don't want any, I, it, it pains me to see him in another uniform, even if it was the right decision and the Patriots are better off. It still sucks to see that as a Patriots fan and, and a big Tom Brady fan. Um, ideally he makes it to the NFC championship and they lose because he still has a good season. He just doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. I don't want him in a Super Bowl. Because either he wins, and that's another ring with another team, or he loses, and that's another Super Bowl loss for him, and I, I just don't want either. But I would rather him lose it lose it if he does make it. Mm. Zach, what, what's your thought? I'm very interested to see what your th- opinion is. Um, I mean, I love Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But kind of similar to what Smitty said, you know, Watching him leave, like it, it, it does. It won't pain me to watch the Chiefs win another Super Bowl or the Ravens win a Super Bowl as much as it would to see the see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with Gronk too. Yeah, like, like it's after everything that played out with him here, it would just it would suck. See, I'm of the thought that weapons are. 10 times better in Tampa than they are in New England. Like you could argue Tampa has the best weapons in the league and New England probably has the worst weapons in the league. You could argue that I'm not saying New England does have the worst weapons, but people make those arguments. It really depends on if Nick Keel, Harry and us new can uh, step up from what they did last year. And if our tight ends are any good, but I think I would actually, as long as it's not Patriots paths, I mean, as long as it's not Bucks paths, that I would probably root for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Mostly because I don't want, especially if it's the Chiefs, because I don't want Patrick Mahomes to get his second ring already because then everyone's going to already be saying that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, you know that it's going to be said if the Chiefs win again. I Obviously, ideally wouldn't want to see Brady win a ring with another team. But I would root for Brady if he was in the Super Bowl because – I'm I'm so loyal to my guys, and I'd like to see Gronk succeed. Gronk was not going to play unless it was with another team because Gronk probably just couldn't mentally handle Belichick yelling at him for another year. So, and I think Gronk stays in the league as long as Brady does. I think once Brady's out, Gronk's out. So, I got I, two years left. Yeah, so I would. And they're probably done. Exactly. So I'd probably root for Bucks. It there'd be a slight pain though, like in the back of my chest, the heart area that he didn't do with the Patriots. But I would root for him as long as it wasn't against the Patriots. But what a mind bend that would be if it was Patriots Bucks and Brady was on the other side and like Cam Newton versus Brady, like 
how New England New England would fall apart. Like if coronavirus hasn't made New England fall apart, this would make New England fall apart. Like we would clash. There'd be a New England war between Brady fans and Patriots fans. Yeah, and Stephon Gilmore would pick him off twice. Oh, sheesh. Okay, well, I like that. That'd be good for Patriots. So I'm okay with that. Exactly. Team over Tom. <laughs> yes. So, there, there's no Tom and team. There's no Tom and team. And this is us fantasy dreaming because for all we know, we don't know what's going to happen in the season, but let's just hope it happens. Which is positive mindset. Hope it happens. But with that being said, this has been the 45th edition of the next one podcast. Uh, you guys have anything? One last word to say before we sign off? Anything? I have a, a serious point real quick. I know we've been talking a lot of shit about the Red Sox, but if I seriously was like in their management ownership, looking at um, the Celtics and Bruins go on this run, see what the Patriots have done, they should definitely be concerned. I don't care if this is a throwaway season. They have a lot of work to do. And it's a tough market as is. Baseball is a declining sport um, and they could really fade out here. So uh, I hope this year is a wake-up call to them, and I hope that the Bruins and Celtics are even more successful because of, of that factor. Um, and we'll see what they do at the deadline if they trade some pieces away, get some prospects, but they got to figure their shit out. It, it's it's just embarrassing at this point. And I hate having Yankee fans that I'm friends with text me talking shit about it, even though we've won two World Series in the last decade and they didn't win any. Um. <laughs> Yankees fans love talking about those 27 rings in 1919. Zach, any last words before? Uh, Go Bruins, Celtics in four. And for the 45th edition of the Next One Podcast, I'm Ron Connor, Brendan Smith, and Zach Mahano. And until the next one, thank you for listening and peace in five. Tom over team. Team over Tom. Damn it. Edit. Say, say it again. Edit it. Team over Tom. Oh. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that too. I like thought about it before. I was like, I'm definitely gonna fuck this up. And I did. <laughs>